1, part 11 of Do You Really Believe? It's from Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Do you really believe that God can do more than you imagine? Do you really believe that? And I'm going to be talking about that, but uh, before we do that, we're going to have a couple of uh, young ladies come up and share. And I asked them to share this. Share when God wowed you. When it's like, God, you just did something neat. And something that, you know, maybe others would call it a coincidence, but they didn't and I don't. And so we're going to start with uh, Lucy Crary. She used to be Lucy Dunham. Okay, so a few weeks ago, I was doing some online shopping. I got a purse and a new wallet. And they came, and I loved the wallet, but I didn't like the purse. So I put it in the box, I put the wallet in the purse, and I put it in the mudroom, because I didn't have time to print out a return label or get to the FedEx store that day. A week went by, and I'm like, oh, I gotta return that before I miss the window. You don't wanna miss the window. So I packaged it up, printed it off, taped it all up, packed all five kids up, we were gonna get a Walmart order, and then stop at the FedEx store and return the purse with the wallet in it, but I had totally forgot that the wallet was still in the box. So it's all ready to go. We're driving down Belmont, and we go by the pumpkin patch, and all my kids are yelling, Mom, let's stop and get pumpkins. They're out. The sign's open. It's like, no, we have to get this purse returned. We have to get the Walmart order. We're not getting pumpkins today. And they kept bugging me. I was a little bit annoyed. Finally, I'm like, okay, sure, let's just get the pumpkins. I'll go to the FedEx store tomorrow. We get our Walmart order, go to the bank to get cash, to pay for the pumpkins. We buy the pumpkins, everything's fun. Then I get my purse out because I had all these ones from the change from buying the pumpkins. And I'm like, oh, my wallet, it doesn't fit anything. I'm like, wait, my new wallet, that's why I bought it because it has a spot to put all the cash in. Wait, where's my new wallet? Oh my goodness, it's in the box, sitting right next to me in the passenger seat. So I opened it up, the wallet was in the purse, I took it out. It was such a God thing that I didn't have to deal with calling the company I returned the purse and the wallet's in there and I paid for it. It would have just been such a huge hassle and it was so cool that God did that. So I was able to show the kids how them bugging me to go to the pumpkin patch was actually God. And yeah, it just saved me a huge hassle and it was really sweet to see that he cares about the little things. Like it sounds so stupid, a little wallet, who cares? But he cares about even those things too. Now the second Dunham Beauty. I was wild by her 50 years ago. Here's her story. Well, I got another one of those emails from my husband. I don't know why he doesn't just ask me face to face if I will share. Probably he's, probably he's afraid of me. But anyway, he asked if I would share a time when God wowed me and I knew right away what I was gonna share. Um, I deliver home-delivered meals for the hospital every Wednesday. And early this, probably later spring, um, I have the same route every Wednesday. And there was a new man that was added to my route on the bottom of the list. And so he lived in an apartment, and in order to get in, I had to have a key. Not an old-fashioned key, but like a key where you just tap it on a box <laughs> that's in the entryway. So the first time I went there, I 
tapped it, you know, and it goes beep, 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 and then turns green and the door opens. Got it. This is awesome. So I delivered this meal to him for many, many weeks, and he was very slow to come to the door, like really slow. And when he would come to the door, he would say hi, but he would just open the door and he'd put his hand out and I'd give him his meal. And <clears throat> um, sometimes he would just leave a cooler in front of the door and I'd just put the meal in the cooler. Well, then went on for a couple months and then in August, I went to deliver the meal to him and he came pretty fast and he opened the door and I said, oh my goodness, that was really fast. And he said, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit better. It was the first time I'd ever seen his face. I'm feeling a little bit better, but I'd sure like to get out of this wheelchair. He was sitting in a wheelchair, and I said, oh, I bet you would. But you know what? I'm, I'll pray for you that God would heal you, and you can get out of that wheelchair. And he just came out of my mouth, and he kind of looked at me. And I said, no, I'm serious. I pray, and I will pray for you that you'll get out of that wheelchair. What's your name? And he said, my name's Michael, and I appreciate that, that you'd pray for me. And I said, I will. So I shut the door and I walked, was walking out of the building and I prayed and went home and I put his name on my prayer list and I prayed. So the next Wednesday came and I was fired up because I was like, he's going to come to the door walking because I've been praying. <laughs> and I got to the hospital and I got my meals and I looked on my little clipboard and his name wasn't on my list. And I was like, oh no, Some, he must be in the hospital, something happened, he had a setback. So I prayed that he'd be okay. Next Wednesday, I was sure he, if he was in the hospital, he'd be back by now. Went, same thing, wasn't on my list. It's like, oh no, did he die? What happened? Kept praying, and then the third Wednesday, I thought for sure he'd be on my list. Nope, he's not on my list. But there was another man on my list at the bottom in the same apartment building. Well, so what? I didn't see Michael. So I went into the apartment building with my little handy little plastic blue thing, and I did the zip and it went beep, 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 red, didn't open. So I did it again, beep, 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 red, didn't open. I did that like 20 times, forward, backward, upside, every way. And I was getting really frustrated, which Pastor Pat says is a fancy word for angry. <laughs> I was angry. I couldn't get in and I was mad. It was about five minutes. I kept trying that thing and I just couldn't believe it. It had never done that to me ever before. So I thought, well, I'm just going to have to bring this one back, tell him I couldn't get in the building. So I'm walking out the door, and there's a man sitting in a wheelchair. And I said to him, I knew he lived there because I had seen him other times when I went there. And I said, do you think you could, do you have a key? Could you get me in? I'm supposed to bring this meal, and I can't get in. And he said, yeah, yeah, I can. So we slowly got him in, and he sat in front of the thing, and he beeped it, and went beep, 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 green, door open. It took me about 10 minutes to get into the door. So I was a little irritated, but I, that's, that's life. So I was walking up, and this man was in, his apartment was 209. Michael's apartment was 210. And I was just walking down the hall, and I got right to 210, and Michael's door opens wide up, and there he's standing there with his garbage in his hand. And I said, Michael, you're okay. I've been so worried because you haven't been on my route, and I thought maybe you are in the hospital or something happened. And he said, no, I... I'm doing really well. He said, I, I just took my name off the list because I can make my own meals now. And I said, you're standing. You're not in a wheelchair. I said, God answered that prayer. And he said, I think he did. I said, of course he did. Yes, he did. And he was really excited that I was excited. And then I said, then he said to me, he said, what's your name? Because I want to pray for you. And I said, 
I need prayer. You pray for me. Thank you. So we chatted and had the nicest visit. And I said, well, can I help you take your garbage down for you? Oh, nope, nope. I have to do it. I got to stay strong. I want to get good exercise. So, we, so that was awesome. And I was just leaping down the hallway, just praising the Lord, literally out loud, thanking Jesus, raising my hands. Lord, you're so good. And then I got down and I got into the car. And all of a sudden, ding, 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 the real wow thing hit me. If I hadn't been delayed in that little area with that key for 10 minutes, I would have missed Michael. I would have gotten right in. I would have walked to 209. I would have given him his meal. I would have walked right down and drove away. But God delayed me. And I was so mad. <laughs> I was so mad. But that was the wow that God cared. And he wanted me to see that Michael was okay and that he answered my prayer. And so even in those little things, I have to learn not to be angry, but tech things that don't go well make me angry. But anyway, that was the one wow thing. The second wow thing was, is it's been over a month now, and I've never delivered a, ma a meal to the guy in 209 since. Just that one time. So anyway, God is good. Okay, let's close in prayer. <laughs> so, do you really believe? You know, this has been a wonderful series that Pat dreamed up and been encouraged by his messages. And, and uh, I'm on week 11. We start with the first book of the New Testament. We've done a, a message out of one verse, every book, every week. So I got week 11, and we're just going to put a magnifying glass on one verse from the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 20. As I was putting this message together, I just counted on my fingers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, this must be the 11th book of the New Testament, right? This is the 11th week, must be the 11th book. But I found out it's the 10th book, and so something went uh, haywire, something went wrong. And I found out, I looked back, I found out that uh, Pat did two messages in the book of Gospel of John. He double dipped. <laughs> he dipped, and then he dipped again. So here we are in the 11th week on the 10th book of the New Testament, Ephesians 3.20. Do you really believe God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think? So we're going to take this verse and we're going to drill down. We're going to do a little Bible fracking. And before we get to that, I just want to give you a little primer on Ephesians and what comes before chapter 3 and verse 20. Ephesians was written, uh, the book of Ephesians was written to the church in Ephesus. Ephesus was on the Mediterranean Sea in what is now modern uh, day Turkey. The main theme of the book of Ephesus is this that Gentiles would now be part of the church. They'd be on equal footing with Jewish people, Jewish believers. And it was termed a mystery. Now, not something, you know, weird or mysterious, but something, a mystery in the New Testament, in the Bible, something that was hidden in the Old Testament and then revealed in the New Testament. Ephesians 3, verse 3 through 6. How that by revelation he made known to me the mystery which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, 
as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy prophets, holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles, non-Jews, the Gentiles should be heirs of the same body and partakers of the prom- his promise in Christ through the gospel. Gentiles, non-Jews, were to be on the same footing as Jewish believers in Christ. This was big news to Gentiles, and it was really big news to Jews as well that, that we're going to be all the same in the kingdom, the family of God. There was no longer to be a separation. There was no longer to be a wall between Jews and Gentiles. Ephesians 2.14 For he himself, Jesus, he himself is our peace, who has made both one, Jew and Gentile made both one, and has broken down the middle wall of division between us. There's no longer a wall between Jew and Gentile. Before we get to chapter 3, verse 20, the Apostle Paul writes about the great riches that are ours in Christ. Now, if you've taken English classes, I'm sure you've, had, you've been taught not to put together what's called run-on sentences. You know what I mean? Don't go on and on and, you know, take a break, uh, cut, the, cut the sentence down, make it two or three rather than a, one really, really, really long one. Well, the Apostle Paul, he missed that <clears throat> English class or that Greek class. Overly long sentences should be hewn down into two or three shorter sentences. But I think as he wrote this, he just couldn't contain himself all the riches that we have in Christ. Now, here's one of these run-on sentences that the Apostle Paul wrote, and it's from chapter 1, verses 15 through 21. I'm going to try and read it in one breath. We'll see if I can do it. Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks to you, making mention of my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you See, I can't even get through it all. The spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is, the, what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding power toward us to believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one which is to come. That was one sentence. That was one sentence. He has a couple more of those. I'm just going to skip to one that just precedes verse 20 in chapter 3. So Paul says this, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness, all the fullness of God. Again, another run-on sentence, but this brings us to chapter 3, verse 20. Chapter 3, verse 20, is a doxology. It's a doxology. Doxology comes from the Greek doxa, meaning glory, and logos, meaning a speaking, speaking glory. It's a verse, or a phrase, or a hymn, glorifying God. 
We compare that with what we call a benediction. A benediction is when we ask a blessing on other people. A doxology is when we give glory to God. A benediction asks God's blessing on folks, and a doxology brings glory and praise to God. One goes up to heaven, that's a doxology, and the other asks for heaven to bless us here, here below. The Apostle Paul's letter, letters contain many benedictions. They contain uh, doxologies too. Here's a benediction that Paul wrote in Romans 1, 7. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a benediction. Later on in Romans, here's one of his doxologies. To God alone wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. When Pastor Pat sends an email, he typically concludes it with this word, grace, right? That's a benediction. He's, he's asking a benediction on you, grace. Here's some doxologies, some others in the Bible. There are many of them. And I, I thought I'd take these from five from the book of Psalms because the book of Psalms is divided into five sections, five books, five smaller books, chapter Psalm 1 through 41, Psalm 42 through 72, and Psalm 73 through 89, 90 through 106, and 106 through 155 separate books, smaller books from the book of Psalms. And each of those separate books in the book of Psalms ends with a doxology. So again, books 1 through 41, the last verse in Psalm 41, verse 13. Blessed be, this is a doxology, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Psalm 72, verses 18 and 19. Again, the end of the second smaller book of Psalms. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. Let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The third book. 89 verse 52, blessed be the Lord forevermore, amen and amen. The fourth one, blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say amen, praise the Lord. And then Psalm 150, that's the last psalm of the book of Psalms, it's the last psalm of the fifth smaller book of Psalms, the whole psalm is a doxology, and here it is. And it serves as a, as a doxology for the entire Book of Psalms, 1 through 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp, lyre and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with string instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So when you say, praise the Lord, that's a doxology. When you see a football player who scores a touchdown and he points to heaven, that's a doxology. When you see a baseball player and he hits a home run and he points to heaven, that's a doxology. He's given praise and honor to God. Now we're going to look at this doxology, Ephesians 3, verse 20 and 21. Again, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him 
Be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So let's drill down and take a look at verse 20 again. What if I told you, what if I told you we have a God who is able to do what we ask? That'd be sweet. I'd take that God. Wouldn't you? Or what if we had a God who's able to do above what we ask? I would take that God. What if we had a God who is able to do abundantly above what we ask? Even better. Now how about this? How about this God who's, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask. Sign me up. Stop it. There's more. Yes. What about a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask? There's more. Who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think? That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. God, I'd like a sandwich. God's able to give me a cheese sandwich. But he's also able, he's abundantly able to give me a turkey and cheese sandwich. He's able to exceedingly abundantly give me a turkey, tomato, and cheese sandwich. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above that and give me a tomato, turkey, tomato, cheese, sandwich with lettuce. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above that, above what I could even think. Turkey, tomato, lettuce, cheese, sandwich, along with Chick-fil-A sauce, something I've never dreamed about, never even thought about that. God is able to give me that. God just heaps one blessing upon another. Above what we can ask or think, there's things that I've never dreamed of or thought of, and God gives me that. And he does that for you too. Do you believe that? Think now, this will be our assignment at the end. Think of something that God has done more than what you've asked for, more than you've dreamed about or thought about. Here's another illustration of this, and we'll go slowly through this so the PowerPoint doesn't get ahead or behind. It's, we'll call it the pyramid. God is able to do what we ask. God is able to do above what we ask. God is able to do above all that we ask. God is able to do abundantly above all that we ask. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He had to make the, power, the font smaller to fit all that in that last couple of slides. Think about that. Here's that same verse from the Amplified Bible. I like this. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than, more than all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, 
according to his power that is at work within us. This is a great illustration, a demonstration of the nature and the character of God. It's his nature, it's his character to to give us more than what we dream or think, more than what we can imagine. And I have, I've lived long enough where I've experienced that in my life. The things that, that God has blessed me with to this point in my life, none of it, many, I've asked for forms of it, but not in, God has delivered it in a way that has wowed me. Just like my daughter got wowed and my wife got wowed. I hope you can think of those times when God has wowed you, done something that you never would have dreamed about. I have a list here. I'm not going to go through them other than this. And that's the, the church that we have right here today. What a wonderful gift God has given me and all of us. Forty years ago this fall, this church basically started with an outreach on the campus of University of North Dakota, then moved to Home Church, then another church building, 321 Cottonwood, and then here. Many, many, many wonderful people have gone, come through the doors, passed through the doors of our church, and blessed us as we hope we've blessed them. Many leaders, servants of God have been raised up. Pastors, eight pastors and counting that have been a part of this church. Everything with this church, God has exceedingly abundantly done above all that I could have asked or thought. That's the nature of God. God wants to give us more than what we can imagine. He wants to say yes as much as possible. He wants to say yes. Parents, this is a good lesson, parenting lesson for you. Try to say yes to your kids as much as possible. I endeavored to do that. I'm sure I said no plenty of times, but I wanted to say yes more than I said no. I wanted to be, to as, as much as I could, emulate God because he says yes to me way more than he says no to me. And I wanted to give my kids more than what they could ask for, more than what they hoped for. This is a good example for parenting. The nature of God. And it's also a good example how we should conduct ourselves in the business or career world. If you're out there in the business world, give your employer or give your customers more than what they ask for. Do more than what your job description is. Do this and you'll do well. You'll excel. You'll grow. You'll be blessed. Go to work early, maybe stay a little late, do the extras, notice the things that need to be done, and do the things that need to be done, whether you've been told to do them or not. Be a self-starter. Look for ways to do more. That's the nature of God. We can emulate that in the workplace. Do more than you're told to do, and you'll advance your career. It's like what the Apostle Paul said to Philemon in his little letter to Philemon. He says to this, having confidence knowing that you'll do even more than I say. Having confidence that you will do even more than I say. You'll be a a success, and not only that, you'll be a light to others in the workplace. You'll be a testimony to those around you. All right. 
Now, I want to take a few minutes and I want to address the problem of unanswered prayer. Because not all of my prayers have been answered. Not all of your prayers have been answered in the affirmative. I've been praying some prayers for over 40 years that haven't been answered yet. Many, many have, but there's some that haven't been answered yet. I just want to talk a little bit about that. This fits in with this verse. He's able to do abundantly above all that we would ask or think. Exceedingly. You may be asking for something right now and not getting it. Not getting it. All I can say to you is that God, we know this, God hears your prayer. He loves you deeply. He wants to give you what is best. And he wants to wow you. And oftentimes, uh, oftentimes that the longer an unanswered prayer goes, then the greater the wow factor at the end. It says in Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. We can just, we can mourn and, and feel literally sick at unanswered prayer. But when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. God, I want an apple. No apple. God, I want an apple. You're not giving me an apple. And I wait and wait and wait. And so what does God do? He gives me an apple tree. He doesn't just give me an apple. He gives me an apple tree. He wows me with an apple tree. Do you see that? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. When desire comes, it's a tree of life. It's an apple tree. He wows us. I'd like to make one final point about this letter that Paul wrote and this, this doxology, chapter 3, verse 20. Again, this is a doxology about God. Paul wrote this while he was in prison. He was telling the Ephesians, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And he was sitting in prison. We're all better off right now than Paul was when he wrote that letter. Again, remember, this is a doxology. It's a praise to God. And we're going to close by singing a couple of doxologies. One is uh, an old one, very meaningful. We've sung it before here, just uh, uh, a verse a couple of times over again. And then we're going to do a new one. We've sang this one as well. But it's also a doxology, and it's full of meaning. These last two songs giving... Praise to God. So, do you really believe it? Do you really believe that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you ask or think? We're going to pray. Come on up, worship team. And again, after, after uh, the songs, I'll be up there. If anybody has a prayer request, be happy to pray and ask God to do exceedingly abundantly above that prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your nature. Wonderful parent that you are. Wonderful Heavenly Father. A good, good God. Lord, this verse I know has come to life for, for many of us in this audience here. Bring it to life again. Help us to see you at work. We look forward to seeing uh, answers to prayer, answers to our desires, things that you do that we didn't even 
ask for or think about. Open our eyes. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.